body and mind formed, stitched together long before seeing the light of day. Surrounded by brokenness, we strive to withstand living, breathing, fighting, resisting. We were made to heal. Our bodies break and they mend. Our minds fight against fear and doubt. And when our brokenness falls beyond repair, we can have hope in our Creator that we will be restored. For we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We have been made well. Well, hello and welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad that you guys are taking this journey with us. And I don't know even what day it is of quarantine that we're not able to be out and about and all this stuff, but I'm so glad that you're here. We're so glad that we have the opportunity to come and be with you. And we just want to give special props to um, the church is letting us use this. This is a free share for this bumper video. So we're pretty happy um, about that. I just love that we're made well. And it, it conjures up a whole bunch of things, and I'll be talking about that a lot this morning, today. But before that, I want to just tell you that I've been missing worship a lot. So we've been doing the online church now for about a year and a half, and we tried doing worship at the very beginning for a while, and it just wasn't to the level that I really wanted, and it ended up being pretty much just me doing it all the time, as you probably remember. And so I kind of just abbreviated it down, but I found some royalty-free made for churches like us, just particularly during the quarantine, is made for worship for that. So we're going to start next week. Instead of a bumper video, it's going to immediately start off with a worship song. And because it was songs that were written at that church, at Life Church, and it was produced by them, it will be their song. So it may be new to you, but they're really good songs, and I really, really like it. So you have that to look forward to next week. Well, as I mentioned, Made Well is the title of today's message, and, and we're looking at uh, many different facets of it, and I was really, really amazed at, at how this all just came together again, and the way the Lord just dropped things in my heart, and I, I just love that. But the, I want to look at the first part of being made well, and that's how we were made, and, and the workmanship that went into making our bodies. It's just amazing. Have you ever seen some um, of the medical um, research and how, how long your intestines are if they were to stretch it out and, and how, how many blood vessels there are and how, how fast everything goes through and the, 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 the processing speed our brain has and how fast our eyes see it and, and just all of those things. It was just absolutely amazing. The thought of, of a, um, a husband and a wife coming together and, and conceiving a child and that child coming out made in the same way that we are and looking like the parent, it, it's, it's just 
Amazing. In fact, in Psalm 139, it's one of my favorite scriptures for the whole thing, and certainly one of my favorites that I had to memorize when I was in high school at Grace Christian School. I love this one because it's just such a beautiful picture and painted. And, and you'll start reading with me in verse 5 in the NIRV. It says, you are all around me. It's talking to God. You're behind me and in front of me. You hold me safe in your hands. Look at this. I'm amazed at how well you know me. Can I just pause right there? It's amazing how much the God in heaven who created you knows you. If, if I can just look straight into the camera to you and, and talk to you just right there, if you hear nothing else, he knows you and he knows you well. And it goes into great detail in other places and I'm not, I could spend a lot of time on that, I'm not, but he knows so many just minute details of your life. In fact, he goes on to say it's, it's more than I can even understand. It boggles my mind that somehow I think of me down on this earth and God being way up in the sky that I can't see and I can't know, and yet he knows me well. Verse 14 continues, how you made me is amazing and wonderful, and I praise you for that. So even if we, when we start this worship next week and maybe singing praise songs or worship songs, maybe that's not your jam. Maybe that's not what you're used to. Maybe that's like, you'd like, like well, I'm really tempted to fast forward that because nah, I really don't get anything out of that. Can I just, can I just tease that a little bit? And can I just, it, it's awesome to be able to praise God for even just the base things that he made you. And he made you amazing. Look at this. What you've done is wonderful. And I know that very well. Can I say it another way? You were made well. I was made well. And, and if, even in being made, God has a plan for all of us and in all of our lives. And, and I talk about it quite frequently. And if you haven't heard that, you can pretty much almost pick any one of my messages in the past um, five years and go back and listen to it. And you're going to hear me talk about God's got a plan for your life. But it talks about that in Jeremiah 29, 11. But in that, God made us well, but then he also has a best plan, a best path, a best journey for us. Last week, we saw a message from Pastor Chris Hodges in Church of the Highlands, and, and I talked about it last week, and I, and I just got to give props again to Pastor Chris and, and Highlands and the Grow Network, and, and they are so invested in all of us smaller churches that he went and created this video to give an opportunity, a platform for us to be able to give something. And he wanted to sow into not only me, but into every one of you. And, and one of the screens that he had that he put up, I'd never thought of before. And so I wanted to bring it back and just kind of hit it again. And if you didn't see it, I encourage you to go and watch the video from last week called Next Steps. And, and just read it. But he talked about the world's way and the world's um, system, and this is just the way it goes. It's, there's nothing bad even really about it. It's just kind of the way it goes. I, I'm, trying to, I'm on this discovery. I'm trying to know me. I'm trying to figure out who I am. And you go to any counselors. You go to psychologists and psychiatrists. They're all going to be trying to pull out of you so you get to know yourself better. And can I just tell you there's nothing wrong with that? The problem is when that's the only thing you know. 
But there's nothing wrong with getting to know me. I need to know what makes me tick. I need to know when I don't feel well that I don't feel well because I know this isn't how I normally feel. But then it continues on. The world's economy is to then find fame. Man, I'm going to search after something that's going to make me stand above the rest. The, a, a little bit higher than the rest of the crowd. So I'm seen above that. And, and it, you know, it goes to the, whether it's at work or whether it's at play, whether you're on the basketball court, whether you're trying to take that extra stride, you're trying to go that extra distance because it's going to put you a little bit above. And again, in bounds, there's nothing wrong with that by itself. And Three is to discover a platform. He, he mentioned that's why social media is so prevalent and so popular today. Everyone's trying to find this fame, and they're trying to develop this platform that, hey, look at me. I mean, everybody would like to be an Instagram model. Everyone would like to be a YouTube sensation that millions of people are watching your videos and you're getting paid off of that. And everybody would like that. And that goes straight into the last one. And to make a dollar. I mean, the rat race, if you take God and church and all of this, God's plan for your life out of the picture, this is what you have. It's all about making money. It's about, hey, how much more money can I make this year than I made last year? And how much more profitability can I have in my business? And how much can I, and it's, it, this is a hustle. That's what it's all about. But then he goes on to talk about, and if you've been around us for any length of time, and if you haven't, you'll hear it today, but you'll hear it all the time because that's the four um, quadrants of the four pillars of our church. And that is to know God. See, because when you, when you know yourself, that's good, like I said. But the next step is then to get into God's economy. Because he who made you, made you well, but he also has a plan for you. And that plan isn't just for you to get to know yourself, but to get to know him. And in getting to know him, then I can find freedom from the things, of, things that people have done to me and the things that I've done to myself. And I can discover my purpose. I can find out why I was put here. And lastly, I can make a difference. What a difference there is of jockeying them off of knowing God versus knowing just me. I don't know about you, but I'm not enough. I'm not good enough to do things on my own. And even if I find fame on my earth, it's never satisfying. You'll see people that are the most famous and you'll see them, they've reached the pinnacle and their marriages are falling apart and, and they've got all these other problems. You're like, man, you've got money and you've got fame and that's, it's not enough. See, I need to find freedom. I need to know God. And in getting to know God, it requires a beginning. And in that beginning, it, it's, it's like a race. And, and oftentimes our Christian walk is described as a race. And I want you to think about a race, and every race has starting blocks. So there's this designated place on the field or the track or wherever you're racing, even if it's a street, even if it's a marathon, there's this designating spot that you start. And if it's a, a track event, they've got the starter blocks that are there, and you have to get down, and no, I'm not going to get down in that position. I used to run track a little bit in high school, so I could do it, but I might not be able to get back up, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but there, there's this designated spot. Well, well, can I tell you that our walk with faith is the same thing? 
There's a designated spot that you start. There's a designated spot that you come to. And that is coming to know that Jesus died for your sins to be forgiven. We've talked about that a lot in the past few weeks because of, you know, it being Easter and Resurrection Sunday and everything. But it's, it's, that's, that's the premise. That's the very, very base of it all. That's where it starts. But it's a race. In fact, in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and I didn't put it here, but you can go look it up if you're a note taker. The Apostle Paul even says, I have run a good race. I've finished the course. He's, he's a, comparing himself to a runner, but he's not racing necessarily against everyone else. He's racing about as if he's trying to complete the course that God gave him. See, it's not about finding me and, and, and making myself famous that, hey, I beat everybody in the race. It's no, I ran my race the right way. BC made well also means the obvious thing of well, not in how we're made, the physical com- composition, but it, it's also that Jesus took our sins and our sicknesses. In this time of pandemic, and even some people are calling it a plague, it's not just about the church. It's right here, right there in your house to say, Jesus took my sin and my sickness. And, and if I'm not feeling well, or maybe I'm, I'm getting to feel worse and I'm hearing all this stuff and maybe I'm having some symptoms or maybe I already have it. I pray that's not the case. But even if you just got regular sickness or whatever there would be, Jesus took that sickness. And you can read those scriptures and you can go watch those videos. And we we talk about it quite often and not as often as some other things. But you can go and say, God, I'm going to apply this where Jesus took my sickness on his body. I, I, I saw a funny meme this week. It really cracked me up. And it's a picture, and you'll see it here, of Ramses from, from Exodus and the story of Moses in, 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 um, going to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. And in this picture, you know, they had 10 plagues, one after the other, and the worst one was right before Passover, and that's the whole story of that. But they had 10, one after the other, and one of them was locusts everywhere, and one of them was frogs everywhere, and, and all of these things. And, and, this, and this, that's why this picture is funny. It says, you're all consumed about just one plague. You got all this worry and you shut down the whole world over one plague. Well, anyway, I think that's pretty funny. But can I tell you, getting back to all seriousness, in this time and where everybody's starting to get restless and saying, when are we going to get to go back to work? When's the economy going to open back up? When's all of this stuff going to happen? There is hope. And, and I love the message that we had. And if you can refer back to a few weeks ago, the, the message is there is a hope. There is hope. If you didn't hear that and you've got some anxiety going on, I encourage you to go back and watch that video and and just receive that hope that is in there. Because there is a hope. We got through all these other things that have always happened to us through all the past 20, 30 years, and we're going to get through this one. The tide has turned in many, many places, but it's going to go through fine. You're going to be okay. We're going to make it. If you will turn your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 2. 
Look at this, starting with verse 12. My dear friends, you've always obeyed God, and you obeyed while I was with you, and even obeyed more when I'm not. So continue to work out your own salvation, and do it with fear and trembling. Continues on. Verse 13. God is working in you. He wants your plans and your acts to be keeping with his good purpose. But God is working in you. See, it's God who began this work. And I talked about you being made well. And, and that's how we started this whole thing off. But it's not just in how well he made you, as amazing as that is, it's that he has a plan for your life. Once you step into a journey of faith with him, he begins working on you. Look at the next screen. He wants your plans and your acts to be in keeping with his good purpose. See, he's, he's working in you and he has this desire for you to go this way. And he wants your plans. He wants you to line up with him. And he wants your actions to line to fulfill the plan that he has, his good purpose, it says. Because this is the work that he's doing. So no, you don't have to change everything in your life when you become a Christian. And that's what most people will think. And oh my gosh, I got to give up this. I got to start doing that and all these things. No, but God is at work in you and he's going to start changing some want to's, if you allow me that. And then he wants, his desire for you is that your plans and your acts, your actions, they're going to fall in line that you're going to become more like him. Verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing. Verse 16, you will shine as you hold tight on the word of life. Then I will be able to boast. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Then I'll be able to boast about you on the day Christ returns. And I can be happy that I didn't run or work for nothing. There, there's nothing more frustrating, I don't think, for a teacher or a mentor than to pour all of this energy and, and all of this effort into the people you're trying to help. And then it's for nothing. And he says, hey, you, you've done this good job of holding on to this. Keep going. And man, I'm just going to be so happy on that day that we're all united with God. And we're all up in heaven. And man, I'm going to be so happy that everything that I invested in you, your lives became better. But look at verse 12 again. It says, work out your own salvation. Can I tell you that's a daily thing. And, and that word salvation, literally, this isn't the, Jesus, I, I ask you into my heart salvation. That is an event. That's a, 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 it's meant to be a one-time thing, though you can come back as many times as you stray away. That's not, there's no shade being sent there. But this word is not that. This word literally means deliverance. But guess what? The root words of the deliverance, as you, as you drill down, and I didn't want to bore you with all the Greek words again this week because I feel like I do that too much. But as you drill down and say this one is from this word and this one's from this word, guess what the root word comes down to? For that word, salvation. To work out your own salvation, your own deliverance, it means your own safety or well. That you're safe and you're well. But what does that mean? How do I work out my own deliverance? How do I work out my own being safe and well? 
Well, let's just settle all the, the, the playing field to be equal and level right now. Romans 3.23. Let's just start off with the very first thing says. Everyone has sinned. So we're not asking you, have you missed it? <laughs> Sin means you've missed the mark. Have you known what you're supposed to do and you didn't do it or knew what you're supposed to do and you didn't do it? Everybody's sin. We've all missed it. In fact, the next part of that screen says, no one measures up. So man, if you didn't get it from the first one saying everyone's sin, the next time he just really drills that down and says, no one measures up. Verse 24, the free gift of God's grace makes us right with him. Christ Jesus paid the price to set us free. And I was just talking about that a moment ago. That is the ultimate. He came to pay the price so that we could be set free. Romans 6 verse 1 says, What should we say then? Should we keep on sinning just so that God's grace can increase? Should I just keep on sinning because I know that he's paid for it and it's, eh, who cares? I love the King James or the New King James version of verse 2. It says, God forbid, but in the NIRV it says, not at all. As far as consent, sin is concerned, excuse me, we are dead. As far as sin is concerned, when you've accepted God's grace, his free will offering for you, your sin problem is solved. Not just the sins from when you ask him, to the beginning of your life, but the totality of your life. Your entire sin problem is, is solved, but should we just keep sinning, knowing that it's going to be okay? No, not at all. As far as sin is concerned, we're, we're dead. We're, that, that shouldn't be something. So how can we keep sinning? How is it that we can keep having these struggles. And this is where it comes into working out your salvation, working out your deliverance, working out your being made well daily. See, there's a process of surrendering our life to God. And it begins with that initial prayer that we always offer at the end of our messages to, to surrender or to accept his lordship in my life or into your life. And, and Pastor Chris said it on last week, the next step after that is to get water baptized. And, and, and we'll look at that in greater detail in the future because God says that's the public demonstration of what we do and how we live our life. But can I tell you to you like this? Living for God is accepting that I am dead to sin. He paid for the totality of my sins. And I shouldn't live in that avenue, that vein. I shouldn't live on that street anymore if you follow me. Look at this. The process by which God takes you to cleanse you from what that which is sin changes us into who he desires us to be. Now, now I'll put this on the screen so it's easier for us to break this down because this is almost a tongue tire, okay? But the process by which God takes you, that's, that's the working out of our salvation daily. That's the finding our deliverance. That's the number two point in who we are, finding deliverance. That process by which God takes 
to cleanse us from that which is sin. See, there's things in our lives that we look and go, oh, God, I missed it again. And I know when I miss it. You know when you miss it. See, but we're not going to all of a sudden not miss it anymore, but it's a constant, hey, I got to keep working on this. God, I missed it today. I'm praying I don't miss it tomorrow. God, I pray that every day I get better and I find more and more deliverance. I find more and more that I'm made well. It changes us into who he desires us to be. Remember, we looked in the very, very beginning of the message that God has a plan for your life and he began this good work in you. And it is he that's going to keep on working that to, so that your plan lines up with his plan and, and your actions line up with his plan and his actions for you. But the key word there is process. It is a process that every single one of us have to go through. Philippians 1 verse 6 in the NLT says, And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you? See, that's what we've been talking about. It's God who began that good work in you. Look at this. We'll continue his work until he's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I, I love how it says in the Message Bible, so I'm going to flip over to that. It says, there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep at it. God, I missed it again. He's going to keep at it. God, I can't believe I'm here again. He's going to keep at it. But God, uh, it's just a million times I'm coming and asking you to forgive me. He's going to keep at it because this is the work that he started in your life. And he's going to bring it to a flourishing finish, even on the very day when Jesus Christ appears. So can I say it like this? You're made well to live well made well to live well so let me ask you what do you have in your life take inventory of it do you have a list of people you want to be intentional with to come see come to have faith in Christ who is on your same level who would be a peer to you and who, who's someone that would be a mentor to you Everyone in your life are either this. They either add to you, they subtract from you, they multiply you, or they divide you. Make your list. Every single person, whether they're acquaintance or the closest person in your life, is going to fit into one of these four categories. And I'm not saying they're bad. There, there should be people that we're giving into, man, and it just sucks some stuff, right? It sucks life out of you. That, they're subtracting, okay? But you just need to identify who they are. Maybe you need to adjust time with how much time you're spending with one that's pulling from you versus one that's adding to you or multiplying you. Man, you get around somebody who's really invested in your life. I mean, adding to you is someone that, man, you hear them say something like, man, that's awesome. I never realized that. And then there's other people that are sowing into your life, and they're, calling, they're causing multiplication to come out of you. But there's other people that are trying to cause you to be destroyed, and they're trying to divide you. Put them in a category. 
take inventory. See, if you're going to live well and you're made well, then you've got to look at everything and take inventory. You can't just do life as you want. See, because it's not just about knowing me. It's about knowing God. It's about knowing the plan that God has for me. And sometimes, can I just say it? Sometimes the people that are in our lives and the roles that they play in our lives are not fitting into the plan of God. And you have to be able to identify them and to be able to walk through that. Lastly, seek out those people that you know are hurting and need to find the good news of the gospel. Would you join us in being part of that search committee, if you will? That we're going to find people, particularly in this time of uncertainty and unrest, and we don't really know what tomorrow or next month or this year holds. Are you being keen and aware to those people? Maybe it's a next-door neighbor. Maybe it's a co-worker you haven't seen in a month. To reach out to them and say, hey, how are you doing with all this? And even if it's not about connecting to the church, connect with them on your own. But there are plenty that you will want to bring along and say, hey, I'm watching this crazy church. It's online. Watch it on YouTube, and I'll send you the link. And You can text this word and get the things sent to you in your text every day. They do it. Be intentional. Would you bow your heads? The very first inventory that needs to be taken, though, It's the question I ask you every week at this time. Where do you stand with God? When he asks, and he will, what did you do with my son, Jesus? What will be your answer? Today, right now, I can help you settle that question. And I invite you to, 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 today is your day. Maybe it's to come for the first time, or maybe it's to come again if you've strayed. I'm going to ask you to surrender. Surrender, you heard Pastor Chris talk about it last week. It's simply letting go of control of your life. So it's no longer knowing me, but it's about God. I want to not just know me, but I want to surrender control of my life, and I want to know you. One of my greatest analogies that I love to tell is, if I could take Jesus out of my heart and put him in your heart for even just a second, You'd never want him to leave. If I could get on my knees and beg you in person, I would, but it's not about that. You have to make that decision. But if that's you today, I encourage you to say this prayer with me. Say, God in heaven, I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to know you. Right now, I surrender my life. I give control to you. Thank you for dying on the cross, giving your life for me. Today, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer today for the first time or maybe it's, it's been coming back numerous times like I did. God, I pray that you would just give them this great 
big hug. There's no social distancing between you and us. God, that they will experience the warmth of you coming into their lives. And Father, I thank you that you're there for every one of them. Lord, the Bible even says that there's a party that's thrown in heaven every time one person even comes to know you. Lord, I thank you for that decision they've made. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I encourage you to take inventory, to live on purpose. And if there's nothing you take beyond that, it's to know that God made you well. He made you an amazing person, but he has an amazing life planned for you. If you made that decision with us this week, I would like to ask you to take the next step, and that's simply to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. Again, that's text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. We, we want to hear what God's doing in your life. If you want to send us an email, you'll see that at the end of this message. You'll see how you can do that. And we want you to invite people to, to give hope to those friends and family members and acquaintances and, and just be the biggest cheerleader for knowing God. Invite people to come and take this journey with us. And lastly, if you want to be a part of the financial solution that is Belong Church, the easiest way to do that is text to give. And you can simply text the word give to 469 410 7788 and is a different number than our text communication. It has to because it's finances. Text the word give to 469 410 7788 or you can go to give to belong.com or it's in our app, it's on our website, it's everywhere you want to find it. Well, let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you for the challenge that you give me every week in the message. Lord, I thank you for the fact that you loved us enough to make us well. That we are created well, Lord. You want us to live well. That Jesus even came and paid the price for us to have healing and health. To live well. But Lord, it's not only about being to live well, but it's that we're going to live our lives well. Lord, that we're going to be intentional and not just with ourselves to find the path and to, to be on it. That our, our thoughts and our actions and our plans line up with you. Lord, we also bring people on this journey with us. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's part of us, everyone that's taken this journey. Lord, I speak a blessing over every one of them. And Lord, I pray a specific blessing over everyone who's tithed and given offerings this week and sown into this church. Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.